your reputation discussed in the Geographical Society in London. Is there something you wanted, sir? My wife. She hasn't been at all well of late. She suffers from melancholia. I want her to walk the shoreline with you, learn from you. I'm not looking for an apprentice. I would pay a premium for a private audience. It's not easy work. Hello and welcome to the This Head Oscar Buzz podcast, the only podcast that gets to use gargantuan in a sentence. Every week on This Head Oscar Buzz, we'll be talking about a different movie that once upon a time had lofty Academy Award aspirations, but for some reason or another, it all went wrong. The Oscar hopes died, and we're here to perform the autopsy. I'm your host, Joe Reed. I'm here, as always, with my precious fossil, Chris File. Hello, Chris. I am but a fossil preserved in fish shit. (laughs) You are on the beach (laughs) off the Dorset coast... Waiting to be found by a woman who knows bones, but not the human heart. Uh, Whatever gets me into the palm of James McCarthy. <laughs> Truly, whoever will fit you under the stovepipe uh, hat of James McCarthy as he's walking down the beach. He was keeping Sersha in there. Yes, this is true. Tiny little Sersha underneath the stovepipe hat. <laughs> Um, let's not, uh, dilly-dally any longer here among the fossils, Chris. We have a guest to welcome, so, uh, I am incredibly excited, as I'm sure are you, one of our favorites, uh, co-host of Wait, Is This a Date? Christina Tucker, welcome back to this at Oscar Buzz! Hello, my fossilized friends, I'm thrilled (laughs) to see you. I'm so happy to be here to talk coasts and fish shit. (laughs) Famously of the, uh episodes on divine secrets of the uh, yeah, yes. sisterhood and stepmom there's one i'm forgetting right, stepmom right? was your first uh no uh, yeah, we are, are going two. to uh you know intentionally misremember this episode we are going to pretend that it is set in westchester yes on the banks of the Hudson As River, is my did yes. <laughs> <laughs> everybody knows that Mary Anning found those fossils on the banks of the Hudson near. Uh, somewhere up near Hastings or something like that. And yeah, yeah. She lived in the house from stepmom. (laughs) Life has forced us to kind of charge forward with the month's episodes ahead. So we we gave you a a list of titles to come and join us on rather than getting to pick. But uh, we we will return to Westchester soon. I'm always emotionally there. And I'm thrilled to be doing, you know, something from this decade with y'all. That's a new fun thing. That is a new fun thing. Very much of this decade. This is, and I'm sure we'll talk about it at length, this to me is one of the defining pandemic shut-in year 2020 movies. Like, this always sort of is like the art house example of like, what was life like as we were all locked up in the 2020s? And I'm like, well, none of us could see Ammonite, and we all sort of (laughs) vaguely held out hope that it could be uh, an Oscar contender. Uh, Christina, w- uh, give us the lowdown on why Ammonite was was your choice to talk about this week. Well, I eyeballed the selection that Chris so kindly provided, and I said, 
some of these I can't do because I'm too scared for things. <laughs> and then I said, but the sea? I love the sea. I All right. love old ladies sleeping with younger women. Huge mm-hmm. fan of that. Should be happening to me more, but not. <laughs> we'll deal with that. It's fine. I'm not jealous. It's fine. It's fine. And I said, yeah, we got to talk about the coast. Like, it just felt coastal. It felt correct to be coastal. Yeah. Very coastal. Yeah. I think the trick for us to get this to be happening more in your life is we need to take you to a seaside town and find you a fossil lady. Yeah, I think, I think I that's to, right. I think I have to leave my house. Kind of end of list. <laughs> I never I, went outside. Could happen. I just spent a week in Massachusetts staying on a house that is literally on the water in uh, north of Cape Cod. And it was a very chilly week. It was one of those like mm. low 60s, rain more than half of the time. Like the sun did not peak out for us. And literally like at high tide, the water comes right up to like the rock, uh, whatever, the um, the, the seawall right at the, the foot sure. of the lawn of this place. So literally I was such in my glory. I would walk out with a little mug and, and cross my arms and look out at the sea as it was like lapping up against the rocks. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I am a character in one of these sort of windswept coastal British, like <laughs> clearly I'm somewhere in Dover or somewhere in, you know, uh, Cornwall or something like that, or uh, here on the Dorset Coast. an entire Coast. week in a cream turtleneck. Truly, like 100%. Yeah, I was like, this is... as you're supposed is, to do. I was a Judy Dench character in, in Newfoundland or something. Like, something was happening mm-hmm. uh, uh, there. It was wonderful. Highly recommend. Yeah, there was great personal turmoil. You had to it, really take in the sea and also reflect on who you are and who you have The been. other thing... Mm-hmm. is so there were two of those like little adirondack chairs which like i love in theory but hate for me like i love to look at adirondack chairs but i'm like mm-hmm. that is a trap from which i shall not emerge if i try to go sit down in an adirondack chair like i'm just gonna like i'll never get up from one but they're anyway low. They're, low. they're low they're low they're low to the ground um but underneath the little, like, it's one of those Adirondack chairs that also has, like, the little footrest that you can just sort of, like, to turn it into, like, a quasi-chaise. And so you're so, really not getting out of it. And so huddled Never. underneath that foot portion was a, to- was a little bunny rabbit that was literally just, like, two feet from the where the high tide meets the water. And I was like, okay, this is adorable. And it's just sort of, like little like huddled under there not hurting anybody i like i literally like lifted up the chair to make sure it wasn't stuck and it just like didn't go anywhere and i'm like oh so you're you're where you need to be at one point it moved from the one chair to the other chair so it's like oh so this is just like Mm -hmm. where and i'm like again if i'm in a movie this is my emotional metaphor animal that i will spend the week talking to and like Mm -hmm. and and trying to get it to do something that like metaphorically uh, uh, symbolically fits into whatever crisis I'm having in my life. Like this truly did have yeah. everything. So and yeah. Then one day you go out to look at your bunny. It's gone. It's gone. It's time for was you it, to move on. Was it ever there? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm saying what a metaphor. An, I'm saying an animal metaphor. <laughs> did you name the bunny Sersha? <laughs> I could have, I really, I truly could have, could have named the bunny Ammonite. Uh, going into this movie, did not know what Ammonite was. I I I no, I was open. I guess I did. 
Kind of. Like I, when they explained it, I was like, yeah, I know what that is. I just guess I didn't know the the specific word. Like I imagined but... it was like a type of stone or something like that. I didn't know it was like specifically like a fossil type. So like that's cool. Good I imagine the two weeks that it was in theaters, people who did show up to go see it <laughs> might not have even known. The most... that everything that was actually in theaters at the time was like Liam Neeson on a gun rampage movie and like the road rage Russell Crowe movie. I'm sure there were a lot of red state men that showed up thinking it was ammo night, like well, night for bullets. That's the that's the great irony, right? Is it opens in the fall of 2020 when the only places that like had anything open were your red state not going to listen to guidance, we're going to open everything, whatever. Mm-hmm. And all of those places were treated to Ammonite and and <laughs> truly, I hope they they had some. I hope one lady in Nebraska had her whole life changed by wandering into a movie theater and seeing Ammonite and and being like, oh oh, I feel things. Yes. Oh. So yeah, this is a movie about people realizing that they feel things, and that's awesome, and I love that. And you know, realizing that just because you feel things doesn't mean you need to change your whole life for it, too. Mm-hmm. Also true. This is about women in STEM, and sometimes that they don't <laughs> need <that>. to. <laughs> they don't need to change their career paths for the uh, the hot young thing who comes waifishly coughing down the lane uh, <laughs> to her front doorstep. Um, it's an interesting little movie, I will say. I'm glad I saw it, finally. I've been sort of things to saving it. for this movie. Well, I do I too. understand why people don't... Yeah. People really... I feel like people maybe didn't give this movie a fair shot to... Because mm-hmm. when they first mm-hmm. saw it, it was so deep in the pandemic, and it was just like... I think not only was it like pandemic vibes that, you know were not was not a friendly environment to, for this movie no matter how you saw it but also it's coming on the backs of especially for like lesbian dramas carol and portrait of a lady on fire two movies yeah. that it really does not compare favorably to qualitatively but also just like yeah a movie that's doing something different i mean you could kind it's of question got... yeah I don't know. It has all of the like things that we make fun of lesbian films for having. It's like old timey. It's silent, basically. There's mm-hmm. yeah. like you know, longing glances, drab. There's longing glances. It's just like yeah, if you were, if someone was to like generate what they thought a plot, like a lesbian movie plot would be, like it would be this. There it was, was like, an SNL sort of sketch about this. Like like it's the mm-hmm. it's the. It's the the movie that earned the least money to have inspired an SNL sketch. And it's basically <laughs> just, like, about, like, lesbian drama. And it's sort of also about Portrait of a Lady on Fire, but it was, like, right after Ammonite came out. So it was, like, uh, it was kind of amazing that a movie so small could inspire um, uh, such a mainstream <laughs> response to it. But they do kind of nail it in that. And But the other thing is, it makes its world premiere at the... Ghost Toronto Film Festival of 2020, where it was like Mm -hmm. hardly anybody was there. There were only like 10 gala presentations, and they were like, it was this, it was Nomadland, which like did really well, but like Nomadland is like 
sad, isolated Francis McDormand, and it's Pieces of a Woman, which is Vanessa Kirby <laughs> dealing with a lost pregnancy, and it's Good Joe Bell, which is about like gay suicide, and it's whatever. And keep the f- in mind to show all those movies. They did show it in theaters to like fifty people because that was the max <laughs> capacity that you could have, right? But like to show Ammonite, the world premiere of Ammonite at TIFF was like a drive-in. So people are seeing this movie as a drive-in. This is not a drive-in experience. movie. This is not. There's but, not enough sound for. And it just to be a no. Right. That's true. That's true. There's you, like everybody, not dialogue. everybody would be yelling, being like, "I don't think my sound is on." And it's like, "No, it's on. It's 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 fine." No, listen, it's just... you can hear those waves crashing. You can hear them. <laughs> but it like it epitomizes anybody who wanted to write a story about like, "Wow, this is a bummer of a tiff." All they would do is like start with Ammonite because like that's it stereotypically sort of fits the It was the like vibe. aside from Nomad Land, one of the big tickets. The the other mm-hmm. big ticket was One Night in Miami, which people right. liked, but it was like mm-hmm. day one of that festival. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. Ammonite, which Neon was very cagey about sending out screeners for it during that festival, because I had press access to that festival and I don't think that's when I saw this movie. No, they were being and very because cagey. Yeah. Francis Lee was very anti like people seeing this movie on a screener and it's like i don't know if you've seen this program called the news sir (laughs) but uh that's how people are gonna see your movie i Um, i mean i sympathized with filmmakers to a point where it's just like if i'm francis lee i know that my movie isn't going to go over as well on you know screener or whatever than it is if people are you know in a theater where they have to pay attention to it. Like, people, like uh, attention spans are going to wander if you watch Ammonite on a screener. So I get it. I get, like, I, I'm still the person who's like, I got it when with what Christopher Nolan was doing with, with Tenet. Um, but, like, there are, like, circumstances do be extreme in this in yeah, this whole situation yeah. so i yeah. did i did wish i had seen like i'd put eyes on this in a theater i think mostly do the attention because it is just so quiet and so dialogueless, yes. especially in the beginning that i was like eyes up girl eyes yeah. on the screen <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah stay yeah. looking at it you can yeah. do it Gemma Jones well, is is looking at figurines in a way that is important to something. Like you need to, you need to, you need to catch this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah, is totally. coughing and looking at figurines. That's what she's doing. <laughs> that's another. That's another lesbian film subplot. There's figurines somewhere in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think true. it's also like that lack of dialogue and like uh, you know things happening on screen is Kate Winslet playing this very introverted character who is not very sociable and communicative and Mm -hmm. she most of her dialogue is her you know gruffly casting someone away right right (laughs) turning somebody away from her uh ostensible shop like she is sort of selling things out of there to make ends meet but uh she does not want any customers ever open ever it's just constantly closed (laughs) it's true um Again, not to keep bringing up my my coastal vacation, but I walked into one of those as a coffee shop where people seemed actively hostile to the idea of me buying anything, where they were just like, mm-hmm. we don't have that. What I can't remember what, oh, we were looking for something specifically, some sort of like, whatever, like fancy food item, you know what I mean, that we could bring uh, uh, home. Oh, fudge. We were, of course we were looking for fudge. We're in a vacation town. Of, of course, course we're, looking for, we're looking for fudge. And they of were course. like, nope, we don't. And it's just like, well, do you have any other? And it's just like, 
we don't have that. And it's like, well, try, upsell us then, lady. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know. Send us out of here with a coffee. Seriously. Co- chocolate-covered fucking espresso beans or something, for God's sake. Um, like, anyway. No. Get out. Yeah, exactly. Essentially, yeah. They were very hostile to uh, to the concept of making money, which, as was... Uh, I it's her. I keep wanting to call her Mary Ammonite because her name is Mary Anning, and so like every single time, I'm gonna end up calling her Mary Ammonite. Like at least a few Mayor times. Mayor of Ammonite. No. <laughs> that would have been that came like the very next year, right? Mayor of Easttown was yes. 2021. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. So this kind of prepared us for you know another hard bitten character um, in a in a gruff a gruff town. I don't know. Two Winslet performances that I think are among her best. Even though this movie doesn't yeah. give her that much interesting to do, I do think this is a really good performance. I do too. There I, was I think a- she's good. I just I needed like a scooch more from something. I haven't quite figured out what I needed a scooch more from. Yeah. But I just like that much. I'm intrigued to talk about Francis Lee when we do, because I was I'd like to see God's Own Country again and have a little bit less of a chip on my shoulder about it. I was so caught up in the sort of um, hipsterism of the people who were like, God's Own Country is better than Call Me By Your Name because they fuck. They for real fuck in that movie. And it's like, all right, like, yeah. there was a lot of posturing. The people thought, thought God's Own Country was better purely by the fact that you see Dick in that, that you see Dick, right, exactly. Like, there was a lot of posturing among, I will say, the gay male community uh, with regards to God's posturing Own Country. Posturing in the gay male community? No, unheard of, unheard of. I take it back. Get out of here! I take wow. it back. Um, how no, dare I? the reason why God's Own Country was, uh, I would not say the better movie, but, like, the, if you're going to single it out for anything, it's that he takes the he takes the baby goat or the baby sheep and then makes a little mm. baby baby sheep coat out of it and puts it on the other little baby sheep. That is yeah, true. That could have happened in Ammonite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just putting fossils on Putting top putting little fossils. little coats on fossils. I could see her doing that. <laughs> I could see Mary Ammonite doing that. Uh putting little coats on fossils. She loved her fossils. She would not I mean, yeah, leave she's her fossils. Run out of pencils. Right. Listen, she spurned the uh nicely appointed Airbnb guest room inside Sersha's uh London home for for wanting to go back and be with her fossils. So, what do we think about the end of this movie? We do like to skip to the end right at the beginning of our podcast. So, Christina, yeah, yeah, we yeah. welcome you into this uh, practice of ours. Yeah. Where do you think things go? If you were to guess, I know the whole idea is that we don't know, and it leaves us on. I know, and like, of course, history. These are real people. Um, right. But where do you imagine that? After the camera cuts off and they're they're glancing at each other, crossed uh, a museum exhibit or whatever. Does she go back to her I mean, coast and her fossils? Nothing hotter than looking at someone that you've had sex with over your own work and accomplishments. <laughs> so I can see them having sex again, but yeah. I still feel like Mary's Mary's hitting the skids and she's returning back to the coast. She yeah. doesn't belong in the city. It's she's true. Too she's weird. Yeah. She's too awkward. Yeah, can you I imagine mean, she certainly her? Certainly doesn't belong in London as life? a possession, which is immediately yeah. what uh, Charlotte does. She's just like, "I've made up this whole room for you." The room is pink, by the way, which is just like <laughs> she doesn't want a pink room. She doesn't uh, want a pink room. She's gonna dress her in the clothes that she bought. She's yeah, yeah. She's yeah. like, "You can just stay here." 
which is like in a way i feel like this ending is the kind of kind of an answer to carol which like the thing that's kind of interesting about carol Mm. is that it's like well at that point at least in american society these like uh, these women who are in love with each other could exist somewhat in plain sight because of the strictures of patriarchy are like, well, yes, if they live together, you would just think that they're spinsters, even if they're lovers. Mm -hmm. Right. Or people would assume that. And like the answer to this is like, well, yes, they could just assume that Mary Ammonite is a spinster who lives with her friend and uh, her husband, her friend Uh, who imported her from the coast to come live here with her. Yes, but then, like, what would she have to sacrifice of herself of that? You know, like, the the kind of questions of all of these sh- different societal things that would keep yeah. these people apart. But mm-hmm. then about, what about the base level thing of your ability to still be your own person yeah. um, in a relationship? Living like, every day with that housekeeper scowling at her all day? Like, that's no way to live. <laughs> no way to what live. What is your name, Anne? Housekeeper. Oh, that's just Anne. Okay, well... Anne looks like she wants to, like, throw holy water on me, so maybe I don't want to talk to She tried to send to her directly to the maid's entrance. She, she was like, did. Ooh, out of here, please. You look poor as hell. <laughs> like, damn. By, by the looks of your unibrow, you belong at the servant's entrance around back. It's like, okay, all right. Yeah. There was some brow work. I will say, between this and Portrait of a Lady on Fire back-to-back, the the... The dominant characteristic of mm. uh, hot lady love stories in the late twenty teens was prominent eyebrow action. Like it was, it was happening. Yeah, a bold brows back in. We're going for it. We're into it. We're very much into <laughs> it. Love it, uh, Chris. Before we move on too much farther, um, I'm going to ask you to give the plug for the uh, Patreon because. Uh, my, my, my voice needs some rest after. Listen, listen, uh, we are here to help each other. Thank you, my friend. Uh, hopefully by now, you know that our Patreon has launched. Uh, we're calling it This Had Oscar Buzz Turbulent Brilliance. For $5 a month, you're going to get two bonus episodes every month the first of those comes out on the first of the month and we call those exceptions these are movies that really fit the this had oscar buzz rubric but managed to get a nomination or two we've talked about movies like nine pleasantville Mm. uh we did our first patreon listeners choice episode and they went with the lovely bones sure did uh so check those out ammonite could have been called the lovely bones by the way so it really could have another search vehicle um and then the second bonus episode every month comes on the 15th of every month it is called an excursion it's basically a deep dive into this had oscar buzz lore our own fascinations we've done an episode on an actress round table we've done my experience at magic mike live we're about to have a patron only mailbag Actually, uh, so that should again, be live by the time people are listening to this, I would imagine. Yes, yeah. I think it, it would have come out the day before. So yeah. listeners, after you're done with this, if you haven't listened to the mailbag, go back and listen to that. Yeah. Uh, you can sign up at patreon.com slash thishadoscarbuzz. We will see you there. Thank you. Um, now that that's out of the way, uh, Christina, mm-hmm. we're going to invite you to give a 60-second summary 
of the oh, film it's Ammonite. It's so hard. So much happens. <laughs> <laughs> truly, truly, how are you going to pull it off? Um, Chris, prepare the prepare the stopwatch while I uh, read down the uh, the particulars. I've chiseled it out of some nice. uh, granite. <laughs> the sundial. An anci- I have an ancient sundial with which I will be uh, keeping Fantastic. Uh, time. Uh, we're talking about the 2020 Gorgeous. film Ammonite, written and directed by Francis Lee, starring... Kate Winslet, Saoirse Ronan, Gemma Jones, Alec Sicarino, we're going to say, from God's Own Country, Sicarino, Fiona Shaw. We got to talk about that doctor, by the way. We'll get to it. Hot to trot, baby. Hot to trot. Yowza. Um, Fiona Shaw, James McArdle, the aforementioned, James McArdle, Stovepipe Hat, and the film premiered at the sad, sad Ghost Toronto International Film Festival uh, on September 11th, 2020, then enjoyed an incredibly limited release. Although, I will say, 250 screens is kind of more than I thought it had gotten, uh, that anything right. had gotten in yeah. November November of 2020. Um, Christina, if you're ready, uh, Chris has the, the timer on hand. <laughs> Sundial ready? Yeah, <laughs> on your go. Hopefully the waves don't, uh, you know, cast a shadow. Uh, but if you are ready, your 60-second plot description of Ammonite starts now. Uh, okay, it's 1800-something, and Kate Winslet is Mary Anning. She's a fossil collector who, like, lives on the Dorset coast. Her mom is mad sick. And then one day this random rich guy is like, yo, love your work. Also, do you want to take care of my depressed wife for a bit? And she's like, hard pass. And he's like, what if I give you money? And she's like, all right, that's tight. And then Charlotte, who is Saoirse Ronan, hangs out with them for, like, a day. And then she, like, takes a tumble in the ocean and gets super sick. So Mary has to, like, take care of her. And then they go to a party, and Mary's like... <laughs> I'm being ignored. I'm leaving you. And then 30 seconds. Charlotte's like, uh, are we fucking or not? And she's like, yeah, I guess we are. And then they find a big fossil. And then her husband comes back and is like, come back to London. And she's like, okay, bye. I got to sit on your face t- one time and then we'll go to London. And then uh, she goes to London and then she's like, oh, by the way, come visit me in London. And then she's like, look, I got this room for you. And Kate's like, no, I don't want to see that room. Boo. And then they look at each other seconds. through a fossil in a glass case. And with five seconds to spare, Fantastic. that is the full You got it all. You got it all. I love it. <laughs> Again, a ton is happening. I, I, I'm glad you met. The acts of foreplay in this movie are really incredible. The first time that they kiss, it's immediately preceded by Mary Ammonite cleaning the the tools. Like, literally, like, cleaning the tools for, for her fossil work. Or else the ghost of her father would be uh, ashamed of her. And like literally, <laughs> and she literally her. says that, and then immediately it's like kissing. Great, love it. Get the get the ladies nice and warmed up. And then, as you said, they're carrying this giant fossil across the beach, which is just like it's a two person job. They are they are getting a good day's worth of satisfaction out of like good manual labor carrying this giant dark egg of a fossil across the beach and it's just like that will get anybody worked up and and that proceeds like the truly that is a sex scene man i will say like francis lee the cap she is tipped the kitchen one or the one before she leaves the one before she leaves the one before she leaves right because you get you get full end to end where it's like Mm -hmm. you get the moment in sex that you never see in movies where it's like 
it could happen or it could not. And then it does, you yeah. know, which is a very like yeah. Uh, yeah. lived in thing. There are decisions uh, being made in uh, in flagrante in that moment where it's just like, oh, we're doing mm-hmm. this too. So like, yes, yeah, yeah, it's let's like, let's really get it all in. Let's go bucket list. Like, let's head everything. <laughs> let's before go you bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so, and again, kudos to everybody involved, uh, actors, directors, body doubles who knows who cares movies are an illusion and 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 they exist the thing that i had and not to be like where's where's ours but <laughs> truly this does not happen with male actors in terms of a four-time academy award nominee and an oscar winner like mm-hmm. the level of movie stars that Sersha and Kate are, you would not get a male equivalent. You would not get Barry Keoghan and Leonardo DiCaprio fucking like that in a movie. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And like, I do I, know what you mean. Yeah. I just want us all to like think about that and not necessarily just that, but like globally. You know what I mean? Just like, Sure, sure. Especially when sex scenes don't really exist, period. This this sex mm-hmm. scene is pretty surprising for actresses of their caliber. Yeah. 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 I mean the face sitting is like uh yeah. oh like, oh, we've made a choice today. Like we're yeah. going yeah, like, for it. Conceivably Sersha did sit on her face, like yeah. for this. And that's film. beautiful. And that's, that's beautiful. beautiful. It is a beautiful thing. And all I'm saying is it's not like Whatever. There are period reasons for this, this all to be true also. But, like, it would be nice that we lived in a world where male A-listers did not feel the stigma of, like, that'd be super mm-hmm. fucking weird if, like, Leonardo DiCaprio sat atop, uh, uh you know, whatever, <laughs> Josh O'Connor's face. But anyway. You have not seen all of us strangers yet. Oh, wait, has anyone on on this call? No, I haven't. No. I mean, like, the that's an Oscar nominee and an Emmy nominee. Sure, know, it's so. getting there. We're getting, we, we, we may be getting there. We're, you know, it's still Society not quite. slowly progressing. Yes. Move up that ladder. <laughs> move up that ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Evans and, you know, I don't know. It sounds like, it, I, it sounds too horny, but like, you get what I'm saying. You get what I'm saying. You I get do get your point. Sure, sure, I get sure, your sure. point. All right. Um, where do we begin with the Ammonite? I want to talk about Kate Winslet's performance. Oh, I thought She's it was like, very we good. begin with the dinosaurs. We begin. <laughs> Once upon a time, the English coast was beset with... Two billion BC. Grand, majestic creatures. Ich- ichthyosauruses and whatnot. Um... <laughs> No, Chris, you mentioned that you thought uh, Kate, between this and, and Mare of Easttown, were ge- was giving two really incredible performances. I agree. I think she's fantastic. It's it's a task. She's got pretty much the whole movie, not to like discount what Sersha does, but like Sersha's much more of the secondary character in this. Mm-hmm. And like Kate, that's a lot of heavy lifting. And I think she does a really, really wonderful job. You almost wonder why Sersha took this role, unless it was she really wanted to work with Frances Lee, really wanted to work with Kate Winslet. Yeah, I can like, see that. Yeah, her see that. role is really underwritten, and in a way that, like, maybe she would have played this ten years ago, or you know, yeah. maybe even five think, years ago. 
I do think when I like when I f- I'm trying to like figure out that one thing that's missing for me from this movie, I'm I do think it is in in Saoirse's character. I feel like I need a yeah. mm-hmm. little bit more. She because she basically mm-hmm. wakes up from being sick from like a week and a half and is like, "So are we fucking?" And I'm like, "Right, well, why would you? Like, what's happening? Right. Like, what is the draw <laughs> here?" Yeah, one word with this woman, and she was like, "Nut up and get in the water," and then you did and got sick for like two weeks. So we like, do- where is this coming from? <laughs> we do see the part where like she's. She's trying to be amorous with James McArdle, and he's like, "Not today, hon." Um, yeah, like the second that his finger, her fingertips touch him, he's like, "We can't have another baby." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do is did they say? I I kept trying to to remember whether I had maybe glossed over it. Is she coming off of like a miscarriage or like was there like a traumatic yes. like child death or like something so. that happened? I think yes, that's the extent of her again. character depth, mm-hmm. though. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's like she's overcoming that. I, I feel like also if the character was supposed to be younger than Sersha is, and maybe Sersha is older than the character is supposed to be, it would maybe make more sense that she's so immediately like, "I love you. Yeah, come and live with me and my husband." <laughs> have a room for you it's pink um uh, that would maybe make more sense but i don't know yeah i will say the relationship that i wanna sorry christina go ahead oh i was like i guess it's like you know she's trapped and and lonely and whatever so she has all these flights of fancy that make her that do make her seem younger than her character actually is because she hasn't like done anything Mm -hmm. i mean her attempt to peel a carrot was like (laughs) Ma'am, <laughs> I, I, I know she gave you a paring knife, but like she could have gotten here? good at it, given she given repetition. She could have gotten really have. good at peeling carrots. Yeah, yeah, but she does feel just a scotch underwritten, and I think it makes it harder sure. to buy. Like, what? Why are you suddenly like? Because she was nice to you and took care of you. Like, I yeah. Again, I do get it. Like, yes, if a mean Kate mm-hmm. Winslet took care of me when I was sick, I too would wake of up. Of course, and be like, are we fucking? Or of course, what? of course. <laughs> Who among us? Yeah. <laughs> Well, and at the same time that the Fiona Shaw character can show up for two scenes and give you... Dazzle. And and it's the writing, but it's also the performance. But those two scenes with her and Kate Winslet, you really, you know what's up with them by just the one scene. Thank God we get the second yeah. scene because it's more, and I always wanted more of that. But, like, from, like, just moments, you know sort of the whole story between these two and it's so fleshed out and in in such a small amount of time and you are left incredibly curious to know more but like you 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 know the score but like i would watch an entire movie about those two characters and what you know their relationship um yeah i did find myself being like i would watch that movie like that movie mm -hmm. yeah have a little more Saison upon it, perhaps. Right, right. <laughs> that was also a subject of some, I will say, sometimes, you know how sometimes controversy seems almost like perfunctory? Where it's just like people are going mm. through the motions of just like, well, I suppose I should object. Where it's like the the historical accuracy of, we don't know for sure that Mary Ammonite was queer in any way. But we don't know anything about her romantic life and so that was sort of francis lee's and i love that it's like it's her, it's the lady's family but it's not like her daughters right it's like generations hence or whatever are like great great yeah. great 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 aunt mary wasn't a lesbian and it's just like you don't fucking know and that was kind of francis <laughs> lee's retort to it is like you don't know and so if we're going to like flesh out this character 
you wouldn't have objected if I had fleshed it out and given her like a little romance with the doctor or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you, nobody would have objected to that. But now all of a sudden everybody's like, well, we don't know that that's what, you know, Grand Duchess Mary was. And it's just like, well, no, you, and also you don't care. You know what I mean? You really don't like yeah. stop. It's not, yeah. it's not affecting you in any Right, in any shape right, exactly. <laughs> like, be serious. Genuinely shut up. Your like, inheritance was not yeah. a letter that said, by the Collect way, your I'm fossil free. money. Like, get up. your Take your fossil check at the end of every month and, like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> get your fossil check. <laughs> Those fossil royalties from the, from the British Museum are just rolling The attention line. Fossils. Um, <laughs> fossil legacy. Uh... Yeah, I do think that, you know, the Sersha half of this romance is, I think, where a lot of the weakest stuff of this movie lies. Mm -hmm. But Kate Winslet, I still think, is very good. I mean, I don't, I can't really pinpoint what it feels so, maybe it was just at the time that she's playing these kind of, for lack of a better, less cliche term, tough as nails characters between Mm -hmm. this and Mare that at the time mm-hmm. felt so different from the rest of her mm-hmm. work. And I suppose, you know, the like the performances we know her or love her most for are like Eternal Sunshine, Titanic, these very expressive mm-hmm. characters. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think this is an inexpressive performance. It's just, you know, someone of few words and not cozy. Very tightly controlled. Very, very controlled. She resembles the stones on her beach. You know what I mean? Like it's like like the metaphor is yeah. is very clear, right? She's she's a all those shots of like the beach, it's just like, well, it's a beach, but it's also just covered in the most like it's stony and inhospitable and it's just like just like this it's woman's freezing. heart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean so, the metaphors are not particularly challenging. They sure like that are one not. scene <laughs> no. of Sersha just lying in bed looking at a moth under a glass. I was like, no, I got it. No, I I did get it. <laughs> but thank you so much. Like, yep, sure. She's she's the saddest, sad girl who ever sat it. She's trapped. I see. We got it. We got her. I mean, she Sersha doesn't even speak for like the first five or ten minutes of her screen time. She's just carted around with her husband and his boring hobbies, just like taken from fossil store to fossil store, different type of fossil. <laughs> That's the other thing, by the way, is and like James McCardle, you know, sweetie pie, but like um that this person like Mary Ammonite is the leading whatever in her field, right? She is, like, the fossil lady of England at this point. She's famous for it. That's that's why he seeks her out. Yeah. And to have this person Mm -hmm. who's, like, wealthy, but he's not, like, Lord, you know, fucklewut or whatever. You know what I mean? It's just, like, he has money, but he's not, like, so, like, uh, uh, insanely rich. But he has some money, so he feels entitled to go down to the Dorset Coast and show up at her door and be like, hey, teach me how to fossil. And and he's, like, dangling some money in front of her. And you're just like, you need some cash, right? Teach me how to fossil. And he's less mean about it than that. But it's just, like, the entitlement of this person to just be like, you're the greatest person in the world at the thing that you do. I have a little bit of money you know, and and you're going to teach me just so I can have, like, as you said, a hobby. Just sort of this, like, thing yeah. that I can do to, like, while away my time. It's like, oh, right, yeah. society. Imagine going up to Kate Winslet and just being like, I'm going to pay you for your company 
for this time so I can go watch you do a monologue or something. God, I'd love that. I was going to say, now now you're making me soften on the issue because like the I would. The three of us are not beneath this. No, I was going to say, like, wait a second, what if we pooled our money together? Would we have enough? Wait, isn't just... that just what cameo is? Yes. You pay uh-huh. Mary Ammonite for a cameo, yeah. basically. Yeah. Old timey cameo. You basically paid her for a cameo. Oh my maybe, God. I don't know, maybe it was one of the SAG items wait. that you could. <laughs> I, I'm imagining a stone-faced Mary Ammonite just being like, your friends told me that you had some interest in fossils uh <laughs> happy birthday and and oh my god would be a great cameo i would love it yeah that would be incredible my birthday is in may just so everybody remembers just so you guys know hey kate could you do your ammonite character for my friend christina she would really appreciate it kate, drawing in her eyebrows yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that would be perfect All right, put down those fossils, everybody. We are going to take a break from the Dorset coast and go back to the uh, warm confines of Hollywood and talk about... They're vulturing. uh, Yes, exactly. Um, uh, We're going to talk about the Vulture Movie Fantasy League for our weekly update. Chris, we are underway. We are accumulating points as we speak. Swifties are writhing... Swifties are writhing on movie theater floors, and I'm very concerned for the hygienic uh, uh, implications of such. But Taylor Lautner is doing backflips right. in what appears to be like a small neighborhood theater. Like I was very confused. I was like, "That's Taylor Lautner is not like showing up at IMAX doing backflips. He's in some like small neighborhood theater." I love that though. I genuinely love that. Good for Taylor Lautner. I hope he like I hope he norm cores the shit out of the rest of his life. Like genuinely. Like <laughs> good for him. There's nothing more norm core than going to the Taylor Swift movie and freaking out right now. Like that feels like very much the middle of America and yeah, good for monoculture. everybody. Yeah, exactly. So you're uh, uh, I'm waiting for the official box office weekend tallies to come in, but you're better at like following the tracking and stuff like that. Where is where is Taylor gonna end up for the weekend? To everybody who drafted the Eras Tour for those lovely box office points, it's had what appears to be somewhere around like the seventh biggest opening of the year, around like ninety five million at this point. We'll see right. what the final total is, but you got them. You got your box office. Definitely box. the best box office we've seen since the uh, since the pool has activated. So I'm that's very good. Willing to go out on a limb and say probably the biggest box office opening for the rest of the year. You don't think anything will end up topping this? No. Okay. No. Well, you very well may be right. Um, there really aren't that many big box office movies waiting to come. There's no Avatar coming this year. There's and no I Black think Panther. like the bigger ones are kind of waiting to disappoint, would be my guess. At this well, point. I read something that the Marvels is tracking low. and Marvels is, uh, I would not anticipate great things for Aquaman 2. No. Maybe the only challenger is Wonka. I was going to say, I would, I would not, there's a, there's a wide range of outcomes that I would accept for Wonka. I would accept (laughs) complete bomb. I would accept like Alice in Wonderland style. Like, wow, this is just so much bigger of a hit than I thought. I know Alice in Wonderland was goosed by the, the 3D stuff, but 
I wouldn't be surprised. I think I, either either outcome I think is is maybe equally likely for Wonka. So which is fine because I do think uh, you know in people's drafting they wanted to spread the wealth, which I think is evidenced in uh, the top uh, drafted movies list. Yes. So this was the subject of my weekly newsletter last week, which was the top five most drafted movies on this list. I was somewhat surprised that Oppenheimer wasn't on it, if only because what bore out last year was, even though it started off a little bit more slowly, by the end of the of the season, you had to have everything everywhere all at once on your roster or you were not finishing in the top. And that's because it was the Best Picture winner and it won all these awards at the end of the year. And so my thinking was, and that went off at $60 to get everything everywhere all at once. Oppenheimer, which is a $50 buy, so cheaper, I think is just as well situated right now to win Best Picture and a bunch of craft awards. Mm -hmm. So... I would have expected that more people would have seen that, like, oh, I really should. And, like, maybe it will play out differently this season. Every year is going to be different. I I genuinely think everything everywhere all at once swept to a degree that Oppenheimer is probably not going to sweep. Things like three out of the four acting categories, although it's going to get a chance to. (laughs) But I don't think it will. But so, like, but anyway, so Oppenheimer finished in the top ten most drafted, but not in the top So what we had was Poor Things, which is rostered by 4,300 participants, Killers of the Flower Moon, rostered by 3,600, Barbie, uh, rostered by uh, just over 3,000, Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour, 2,600, and American Fiction, uh, rostered by 2,400 participants or so. Um, Three of these I mentioned in my newsletter last week, uh, or actually Two of these I mentioned in my, in my newsletter last week, Poor Things and American Fiction, which were like, yeah, I probably undervalued these when I made up these points back in uh, – <laughs> when I made up these valuations back in July. Um, where I did think – When Poor like, Things had a September release date. When still. Poor Things had a September release date, when it did seem like – even after they changed the release date. Because they changed the release date before the, the Venice premiere, right? Yes. Even at that point, I was like, yeah, but like – I'm glad. I was glad for it, but I was like, it's still a weird movie. Having now seen Poor Things, it's still a weird fucking movie. I'm still like, I I will be so happy if it moves through award season and gets a bunch of nominations and stuff, and it would totally deserve it. But it is a a an odd movie for a, a mainstream voting body like the Oscars to. Uh, to embrace American fiction, meanwhile, the TIFF Audience Award winner is very small, I think, but showed something by being embraced by such a populist uh, award as the uh, the TIFF Audience Award. So those two I sort of uh, uh, talked about last week that they were very good values, that they were poor things at $10, American fiction at $5. I think a lot of people waited to draft if as you see by the fact that Taylor Swift is in the top 5 because that movie did not get added until late in the game. So like clearly people were waiting to draft. I think is the other thing that this list tells you. A lot of smart um, people playing this uh, game. 
How many of these movies are on your roster? Remind me. Um, three. I have Poor Things, I have Barbie, and I have American Fiction. That's a good list. This is partly why I think Oppenheimer doesn't show up, because with that high cost, I think a lot of people recognize if you're going to draft Oppenheimer, you are putting almost all of your eggs in that basket. Whereas if you drafted something like Killers of the Flower Moon or Barbie instead... You could hedge your bets a little bit more by yeah. drafting a lot of things that were in the ten and fifteen dollar range. I think that's true. Except I did manage not to like uh, make every update about my team, but like uh-huh. I did manage to draft Oppenheimer and Barbie and Poor Things, and just like went real bargain hunting <laughs> with <laughs> the rest of it, but. I now I want to sorry I want to uh remind myself of my own team because sometimes I do forget. Uh Oppenheimer, Barbie Poor Things and also American Fiction and then I just went with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Dicks the Musical and Perfect Days and the Taste of Things and all that. Uh so um I still really like my team, but I did uh, get those sort of big ticket items. Killers of the Flower Moon is interesting. I was in a conversation with some people this past week and I kind of, before I realized that this is a thing that I thought that I think I kind of said it, which is I don't think Scorsese or Spielberg are ever winning another Oscar. I think the, I, at least in best director or best picture, um, just because I feel like the Oscars are such a expectations game and Scorsese and Spielberg are never going to win the expectations game. Do you know what I mean? I mean, just for Scorsese, you know, The Departed was a movie that was released without the Oscar expectation. They intentionally said they weren't going to mm-hmm. go for mm-hmm. that. And then when it became... And he hadn't won that it was. Yeah. And, you know, it, you know, was positioned as not uh, thirsty for that. They're so. never going to get that everything everywhere all at once or CODA or even the Shape of Water narrative, where it's like, who could have seen this coming? It's like, well, we all will always see it coming because <laughs> we're never not going to. Now. You know, that's that's um, how this works. So I will say it is a long season ahead with a lot of heavy hitters. So it is. I I can't uh, get as far uh, as you are with what you're saying, but I do understand the logic, mm. uh, and uh, I'm never going to bet against Marty. For a nomination, I think that's wise. I'm just saying, like, uh, um, I don't know. I, it's one of those things. Again, I, 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 I proclaimed it before I thought it through, but I do think it's probably true. <laughs> no, um, no, so anyway, I, I think there's decent logic there. Uh, go, uh, if you've signed up for the movie league, you can go to vulture.com and check out the movie league, see where you are in the standings. You can compare your scores to, uh, people, uh, in your league. If you signed up for a league, you can check out the podcasters, uh, league. So we had people from a ton of really cool podcasts, including Chris and myself, who are, uh, essentially gonna take place on our own scoreboard and we'll compare ourselves against each other. Folks from, uh, our friends at Little Gold Men and the Mixed Reviews and Blank Check and what other podcast Clay Keller is is uh, uh, participating from Screen Drafts, um, and then you've got podcasts like The Next Picture Show and Unspooled and um, 
film spotting and all of these really, really great spots. So go and check out. And like I said, you can compare and contrast, see how well you're doing compared to your favorite podcasters. That's always a good time. Um, also anything check else? on uh, who else you are among the other Garys, uh, how you're ranking against them Hell yeah. under the uh, team name, all yep. of us Garys. There is also a team uh, called All of Us Gays. I would like to say here and now that that is our rival. As our rival. Because how dare they? How we dare initially they just subtract a letter from our team. Tales from the back end, I will say, when we were working on this, we went through a, a day to sort of clean everything up and make sure that, like, slight little spelling discrepancies still got you in the, the league that you were intending to be. And my colleague sort of messaged me on Slack and was like, all of us gays, do we think that's a typo and it meant to be all of us Garys? I'm like, yeah, probably. And so like days later, she's just like, no, that's apparently another league is all of us gays. I was like, excellent. I don't care if there's only five of them in that league. They are our rivals. Yes. All right. I'm into it. Yes. All right. Um, So uh, we're going to send you back to your regularly scheduled uh, Lady Fossils and... um, uh, you, I think we have a game coming up. I think at this point in the in the podcast, uh, there's a game coming up. So please listen to the rest of the M and I podcast. It's a good one. All right, Chris, talk about the doctor. Oh, I just feel like so much of this movie that was actually kind of funny to me about you know just the patriarchal structures that Francis Lee is showing in this movie because it's not only that. James McArdle can just be like, my wife can stay here, right? I'll pay you. Um, <laughs> Gotta go. Babysit my adult wife, yeah. please. Um, but then she gets sick and the doctor shows up, a full-ass doctor. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, she's sick, but like you can take care of her. And she, <laughs> like Kate Winslet looks at her like, yeah, you're a doctor. Can you do something and he's like but you're a woman you he's can like, take care of her listen the stones ain't going anywhere so you've got time um handle yeah. this yeah yeah and then when it's he like, comes you're back, a lady he's like, you know how to like make crushed. soup you can yeah you can nurse her back to health you you know how to your do mom's that. here you've got two ladies in the house like you guys yeah, are great two at this. women here yeah. she'll be this fine is basically two I'm degrees doctor. in doctoring <laughs> that's what counts as a hospital at these times is two ladies in a house like that's Being basically <laughs> yeah Gemma yeah, Jones foreign can we say also Gemma Jones just like a withering stare uh in human form I love it uh She's so good. Uh, Protecting her, her cleaning those figurines. I was like, "Ruh row." <laughs> Not all is well here. I'm sensing some mental unwell. I did love at the one point that, like, that's Charlotte just sort of like starts like fiddling with one of the figurines, and she's just like, "Oh, I didn't realize they like represent your dead children." Like, Goo-hoo. sorry for touching your metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um. I was kind of surprised in looking this up that, like, Kate didn't get a stray nomination from somewhere. Because it did seem like, and Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, because you were sort of in the soup of it at that time, too. (laughs) It did seem like people were kind of coming around on this movie by the time that, like, Mm -hmm. because that was such a late 
delayed Oscar season where like the Oscar season yeah the movie so basically late. opens six months before the Oscars right so like, like the movie opening in August so like by that like sort of like pre-Oscar nomination time people were like you know Amalite was actually kind of good and Kate was actually kind of really good maybe we should be talking about this and by then yeah. of course it was too yeah. late um and you know that field pretty much in in COVID cemented pretty quickly. There were a few factors, mm-hmm. especially like the Netflix movies that mm-hmm. like shook things up. Really the only uh, thing of note that, you know, Kate has that like we would talk about here is that she was on the actress round table, the first zoom actress round table. Oh God. Who else was that? Chris, do you have the list? Uh, no, neither of the winners. It was Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy. Sure. Andrew sure. Day for uh, people versus, or is it people versus, or United States versus Billie Holiday? I think it's the United States versus Billie Holiday. I think it's Holiday. United States. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That movie. Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman. Uh, mm-hmm. Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. And then Kate Winslet for Ammonite and Zendaya for Malcolm and Marie. Whoa, that movie. Malcolm and Marie talking yeah. about a jump scare back in time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Not the first Netflix movie that we're paid a whole $20 million oh, for that my movie. God. I mean, like, truly. We US, had nothing US to watch. US dollars? Yes. <laughs> we had nothing to watch when we were nothing. all watching Malcolm and Marie. We were, yeah, we were down bad. It was true. We, we needed, well, that's what we were talking about in the last episode about, what was it, The Old Guard? Where people were like, this looks like the kind of movie I might have seen in a theater. Thank God, thank goodness we have this movie. Um, yeah, it was a dark time. It was. It was. And Malcolm dark. and Marie looks like a movie you would see in Sam Levinson's dungeon. <laughs> I don't want to uh, contemplate Sam Levinson's dungeon because right now. No, I'm good. There is definitely. The like, weekend is opening his tour poster. in Sam Levinson's dungeon. I don't like that. Yeah. Like. Mm. No, I think if I, I'm too light skinned, I think if I say it to, like three times, I'll just appear in there. Oh, like, no. I'm <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I don't like it. Inside, I'm like, a genie bottle. Just be- like. Yeah. He's got these like open jars and just like waiting for people to like stumble just and yeah. Zendaya the weekend just hanging out being like, well. It's just a bunch of like dudes with like scraggly beards and they're wearing like a bad lieutenant t shirt as a uniform. <laughs> oh no. Um speaking Ooh, of scraggly beards, so <laughs> Speaking of scraggly beards, the doctor uh, uh, in this movie was the other guy, the scraggly bearded guy in God's Own Country, a movie that, like, I had kind of forgotten that Francis Lee had gotten as much indie award attention for yeah. that movie as he did. Mm-hmm. Like, it kind of, like, ruled the British Independent Film Awards, which I imagine are called the Bifas, but I'm not going to call them the Bifas, because that just sounds silly. No, um, we're going to call them the Bifas from <laughs> Uh, it won yeah. Best British Independent to. Film for 2017, beating out The Death of Stalin, I Am Not a Witch, which I have not seen, and I don't... Good movie. What is it? What's... It's, is, she, is she a witch? Yeah, is, she, is she lying? What's going on? Whomst <laughs> is a witch. Whomst <laughs> is a witch. No, it, it, it's a little girl who... Uh, her tribe believes that she's a witch. Oh, okay. Uh, um, okay. Lady Macbeth, another big uh, breakthrough mm-hmm. uh uh, for Florence, and then three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, which always is so funny to me. Be very British and I was very say, independent. The British oh, really, man. really, three really billboards. trying to claim that movie, and it's like, guys, you can let that one go. Like, it's it fine. Has Missouri in the title, guys. <laughs> it sure does. It sure does. <laughs> um, 
so good for God's Own Country for for winning that. Josh O'Connor won Best Actor. Um, I think Alex Sakarano was nominated there, and then nominated for or won one Best Actor and one Best Debut Screenwriter for Francis Lee. So this is his big kind of acclaimed follow up, which does make me feel like oh. I probably would be throwing fits about seeing it in a theater too, despite the fact that there is a pandemic, because like this is his like harness the lightning moment. This is his mm-hmm. chance to, and I don't know if it would have happened anyway, but um, there was a note in his Wikipedia entry that he's working on an upcoming horror film that explores themes of quote class and queerness that he was going to do with Josh O'Connor, and there are, like, news items about this in, like, the spring of 2021, but it does not show up as of yet on his IMDb page at all, so... Interesting. I'm hoping that he's still working on that, because that sounds cool. I'm into that. Like, yeah, yeah I like the sounds of a queer horror movie. Yeah, so, fingers crossed that Francis Lee can uh, can produce that. He's an interesting... I sort of I dug into his story a little bit, because I really didn't know anything about that, but, like, he literally, like, he grew up on a farm, in you know in west yorkshire he uh in between like going to school and making his movie like worked in a factory or scrapyard or something like that like he's like working class and like that's not always the case when you come across you know british people who are like famous actors or or famous directors like there's a lot of you know royal academy uh, designations in Oxford and and Cambridge and that whole kind of stuff. So like to have this solidly uh, working class director is uh, really interesting. And so I'm I'm interested to see where he goes with this next movie. Even though Ammonite didn't didn't hit the way he would have wanted to, but I think there are things in I this do movie think if that this had, had a, a more traditional life, mm-hmm. and you know, if COVID never happened. <laughs> I do think people would have received the movie for what it was trying to be because like it's a romance but it's also a, like more of a character study for yeah. Kate Winslet's character mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. the idea that you know you can't lose yourself for a relationship even though I don't I think that's interesting about the movie but I don't think it really sees that idea through Mm because like this movie does end abruptly i do think if this movie had had better luck i guess to come out before covid it would have at least been received as such you know Mm -hmm. rather than people immediately being comparing it to something like portrait of a lady on fire yeah but do we think like the the fact that it got this covid time release means that people are like oh yeah that didn't do well but like who could have? Ima- why? How could it have done well? Like, right. We won't let you. There's really no way of knowing for this one. Right. Yeah. Right. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so keep making movies, I guess, my guy. Like go off. Speaking of Portrait of a Lady on Fire, though, um, mm. another great, uh, uh, classic movie about a lesbian romance. And so, after I was done with Ammonite, Hulu suggested to me a trio of. Solidly uh, uh, lesbian romances. So I, of course, responded to the both of you with the screenshot and just said, Harold, they're lesbians, which is um, still one of the funniest stories slash memes um, of movie going. God bless. I hope those I hope that couple is well and doing well. Um, But I decided to make a game out of all the different we've had a lot of 
like kind of surprisingly, especially in the last like 20 years or so, lesbian romances with actresses who's who are of note, I would say. Um okay. and there's a good tradition of that and I think you two are uh a, a receptive audience to a game about these actress pairings in movies about lesbian romance or uh lesbian romance I'm I'm allowing uh coded lesbian romance also for a couple of these sometimes there's uh just so I don't get uh, uh so sticklers So Megan and Allison Williams. Right. Mm-hmm. Um we're going to do this slightly um the format's going to be a little interesting. It's going to be kind of like a name that tune style in that you'll take turns telling me how many you think you can get right in a row without missing. And if you get them all right in a row, you get all those points. And if you don't, your opponent will get all those points. And I'm going to randomize them. So like there will be easier ones and harder ones in there. So it's going to be a little bit of a confidence game and a little bit of, and then if you, uh, if your opponent gets them wrong, you will get the chance to like, get bonus points if you can guess the ones that they miss essentially so okay okay it'll i'll i'll guide us i'll guide how us how are along. our clues happening is this like an alter egos thing how are we getting you're going to get answer? the names of the actresses and you need to give me the title of the film okay oh okay so i will give you the names of the two actresses and then you will give me the title so again some of these are very easy some of these are going to be decently challenging, but I will have randomized them, so you don't know. It's not like they get steadily more challenging as they go. So I'm going to start with our guest, Christina. So, and we're going to do it like you will make like an opening bid, and then Chris will be able to like bid you higher, essentially. Um, But because it's your initial bid, you, you you will be given the final chance. So like Chris can't be like, I can name them all. You you would have to you would you would uh you would get the final bid because it's your turn essentially. So we have thirty one. How many well, do you think you could name without missing to start? Who I'm gonna lowball myself and say three. All right, Christina says three. Chris, you can either say four or higher, or you can challenge Christina to do it. In. In honor of my competitive spirit, I'm going to say four. All right. Christina, do you want to one-up him or do you want to challenge him? Um, That's a great question. Uh, I want to challenge him, I feel. All right. Chris, you said you can do four. I'm going to read you the top four, and then we'll see how you do. If you get all four, you get four points. If you miss any of these, Christina gets four points and the chance to get the one you missed and and uh, get a bonus point. So, Chris, your okay. first one is Annette Benning and Julianne Moore. The kids are all right. The kids are all right. Second one is Christina Ricci and Charlize Theron. Monster. Monster, correct. Your third one, Emily Blunt and Natalie Press. Oh, um... This is My Summer of Love? My Summer of Love, correct. Yeah. You need to get one more. Their fourth one is Clea Duval and Natasha Lyonne. Uh, but I'm a cheerleader. But I'm a cheerleader. Chris gets all four points to start off. Oh, boy. All right. So, Chris, you will lead the bidding in round two. 
I'm going to say I can get three more. All right, Christina, what do you say? I'm going to say I'm sticking with my three. I feel good about three. Feels realistic. Okay, so then if you can't up Chris, then you're challenging Chris to get three. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Okay, okay, okay. So Chris, it's up to you again. If you get these three, you get three more points. If not, Christina gets three points. You're going to start with Jordana Brewster and Sarah Foster. What? Jordana Brewster and Sarah Foster. Only thing I know Jordana Brewster is in recently is the Fast and the Furious movies, and I have never seen any of them. Okay. So I'm going to say... What's Fast 9? Is it just Fast 9? I think it's Fast 9. F9. Fast 9. Yeah. Incorrect. Christina gets all three points. Christina, you can get a fourth point if you can name this movie. I can. It's the film Debs. It's Debs. Christina ties it up at four. (laughs) All right. Whips. Okay, well, I'll watch Debs. All right. Uh, So, Christina, it's back to you. We have 26 more. So, how many can you name? Let's say four. Let's go bigger. Christina's going bigger with four. Chris, can you go five or do you want to challenge? I want, I want, get those four. All right, Christina, you will get the chance to name these four. All right, starting with Judy Greer and Lily Tomlin. Oh, fuck, already. I'm like, I can't remember the fucking title of this movie. I know it. No, I don't have it. It's gone. It's gone. All right. So Chris is going to get four points and he can get one more if he can name this movie. Is it Grandma? It is Grandma. Chris gets five (laughs) points. I don't remember if it was Grandma or Stupid Lady, the van one that got all confused. (laughs) Damn it. All right, Chris, you are going to lead off the bidding in the next one. I'm going to stick with three. Three. Christina, can you go four? I am learning from my mistakes, and I'm not going for four. That was insane. I'm sticking with three. (laughs) Chris, for your three, you're starting with Cheryl Dunya and Guinevere Turner. Cheryl Dunya and Guinevere Turner. Watermelon Woman. The Watermelon Woman. Correct. Followed by Olivia Coleman and Rachel Weisz. The favorite. The favorite. Followed by Molly Gordon and Rachel Sennett. Uh, Shiva Baby. Shiva Baby. Three points to Chris. All right. Chris is up 12 to four, but points can come in bunches. So, uh, Chris, I think you'd lead this one off, right? I'm going to go and say two. Just two. All right. Christina. All right, I'm sticking with three, so I guess I am challenged All right. that way. Chris, can you go over the top, or are you going to challenge Christina to give three? No, challenge. All right, Christina, your three start with Audrey Hepburn and Shirley MacLaine. Oh, you are killed. No, I know this one. No, I know this one. Uh, no, 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 no. I won't, I won't let this happen to me again. <laughs> I can't. <sighs> um... <laughs> Fuck. What have I forgot? It's um the uh, it's not the hours, but the hour is in the title. Oh, you're so close. That. You're so close. It's not 
Is it the children's hour? The children's hour, correct. All right, yeah. very I was good. Really gonna go for like the kid hour, and I was like, "That's insane," and that can't be right. <laughs> your next one, oh god, your next one's maybe our toughest one, unfortunately. Gemma Archerton Jesus. and Elizabeth Debicki. <gasps> They've been in a movie together. Yeah. Elizabeth Debicki and Chris is gasping and praying. To Kate Winslet in this photo. <laughs> this is the hardest one. This is the hardest one. Oh, oh my God. It's that flop, um, Vita and Virginia. Vita and Virginia is yep. correct. Very good. All right. Your third Thank you, one. My time at Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Your third one to get the points is Jessica Paré and Piper Parabo. Now, you said Piper, so I'm like confused. Because that's not... I was expecting the Lena. I was expecting the Imagine Me and You. I know it's not that. Um, it's another Piper. It's not Imagine Me and You? I'm not saying anything. That's Lena Haiti. That's oh. Lena Haiti. I know that. I know that deeply in my heart. So I'm just like, I don't know... <sighs> Fuck, I'm gonna lose my points because I don't know what the hell this movie is. Oh, I give up. All right, uh, the points go to Chris. Uh, Chris, can you get? You, can you guess the movie? Is Piper Parabo like someone's lesbian daughter in something, and it's not Imagine Me and You? Or I'll just say Imagine Me and You. It's not Imagine Me and You. It is a movie called Lost in Delirious, starring sure. a young Misha one. Barton, who is a girl at a boarding school who boards with Jessica Paré and Piper Parabo. All right, Chris got those points. Christina, you are leading the bidding with this one. All right, I'm going to two. I'm knocking myself down a peg. All right, two. <laughs> uh... Those last two have me scared because I wouldn't have gotten Vita and Virginia because I couldn't remember the other name. Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge. I'm gonna let you get them. All right, Christina, you're gonna start with Rada Mitchell and Ali Sheedy. Oh, that's um, fuck, fuck. Uh, what's that movie called? I don't even know what things are called. Um. It's in here. No, it is in here. Is it? I have faith no. in you. I have faith in you. Do you have faith in me? I don't really have faith in me at this moment. Um, I'm trying to remember any single plot detail about this movie, and I know that it exists. Rada Mitchell. It's good. Ali It is good. Oh, it's um, it's a with the with the with the high art. High art. Correct. High art. Your second one. With Patricia Clarkson as Katia Zamolochkova. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Christina, for two points, your question is Lena Headey and Piper Parabo. It's Imagine Me and You. There we go. Two points. All Damn right. Um, Chris, you're going to lead off the bidding for this one. All right. I got to go big or go home. I'm going to say three. All right. Chris says three. Christina, can you do four? I simply can't. I do. Have you seen me perform this okay. game? I'm gonna ch- <laughs> All right, Chris, you're going to get to challenge to do three. You start with, okay, this is, I was wrong. This is the hardest one. Holiday Granger and Anna Paquin. And we're talking coded. So this could be an X-Men thing because everyone's gay in the X-Men movies. Coded does uh. count in this quiz. 
I don't even know who Holiday Granger is. That's a person? I believe Holiday Granger is in Tulip Fever, but don't quote me on that. I, I, you know what? I don't know who she is, and I believe that too. Um, okay, so it's got to be around Tulip Fever time. Oh, that is a clue that I gave you. Shoot. So, but what has Anna Paquin been in in that time? It's not the Irishman. Um, <laughs> though, maybe that character is gay. I don't know. Um, just gonna say, uh, um, one of the X Men's. Let's say X Men. <laughs> Uh, X3 X-Men United? No, it's none of the X-Men's. Christina gets three points. Uh, Christina, you can get a fourth one if you know this movie. Oh, I have no idea what that movie is. I'm certain you made it up. It is. uh, I very well may because the title is called Tell It to the Bees and I've never seen it. Not Tell It to the Bees! Tell It to the Bees. (laughs) What do you tell it? You're telling it about your girlfriend. uh, Holiday Granger. I think that's about right. Yeah, probably. Tell it to the bees. Isn't that the movie where Anna Paquin like literally whispers to some bees that someone is being hate crimed? Wait, what? (laughs) That's Jupiter ascending. (laughs) Duh. (laughs) All right. Tell it to the bees. So Christina, you are go and like attack the attacker. Chris currently leads fifteen to nine. Christina, you are bidding for this next one. Okay, I'm going to say three again. I'm going back to the safe old three. All right. It's never been safe for me. Chris, can you do four? I'm in a good position. I'm going to challenge. All right, Christina, three. So you're going to start with Melanie Linsky and Kate Winslet. That would be Heavenly Creatures. Correct. Then, oh God, Jane Fonda and Deborah Monk. (gasps) Oh shit, that's that crazy one with all of the people in it. That has like a thousand people in it. Um. Oh shit! That's that's it has that stupid title that all movies had at that time. <laughs> oh fuck! It's like the, it, is it. This is where I leave you. This is where I leave you. Correct. All right. Oh, one that's more the weird one. All the yep. people. You, yes, okay. you have it exactly right. It's exactly the movie you're thinking of. All right. Now for three points, Rachel McAdams and Rachel Vice. Okay, that's disobedience. Disobedience. Three points to Christina. She's creeping in closer. All right. Yes, I am gay. We got to do disobedience. Chris, you are going to lead the bidding on this next batch. Okay. Um, I'm. I'll, I'll stick with my three as well. All right, Christina. Can you do four, or will you challenge? I'm challenging. I'm not going to get too overconfident. That was. All right. That was luck, Chris. You're going to start with Heather Jurgensen and Jennifer Westfeld. Uh, kissing Jessica Stein. Kissing Jessica Stein, correct. Adele Heinel and no- Noemi Merlant. I'm sorry, France. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. And finally, Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara. Carol. Carol, three points to Chris. All right. Um, bah, 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 bah. Christina, you lead off here. How many do we have left? We have ten left okay. oh wow i'm not gonna say 10 i'm not gonna say 10 <laughs> i'm yeah. gonna say two <laughs> this time i'm gonna take it down all right much. christina says two, I says uh, two. Challenge. Chris, you... challenge all right christina for two points you're gonna start with isa gonzalez and rosamund pike 
Oh, that's that movie. Uh, I care a lot. I care a lot. Correct. Gemma Archerton and Gugu Mbatha Raw. What if it was Beauty and the Beast? (laughs) Oh, no. The story of the feather duster? (laughs) I wish. Um, That is tugging at something in my mind. Is it like Summerland? It is Summerland. Two points for Christina. Amazing. What is this? Summerland's a good movie, I will say. Is it? Uh, uh, Recommend it. Yeah, it's cute. I liked it. Yeah. Okay. I All love right, Gugu, Chris. Which is why I knew what that movie was called. <laughs> it's a good. It's a. It's a. It's sweet. Um, that was probably around that same time as Ammonite. Like it might have been that yeah. same year. All right, Chris, lead off. I'm doing three. All right, Christina, you're gonna challenge him. Yeah, challenge. All right, challenge, Chris. Three, Go. starting with Mackenzie Davis and Kristen Stewart. <laughs> oh shit. Um. Mm. Oh my god, why can't I get this? Uh, Kristen Stewart with Mackenzie Davis. I feel like I should know what this is. And now I can only think of Mackenzie Davis movies like The Martian. Um, Oh no, this is embarrassing because I think this is a movie that I like. It is... Why can't I remember whatever this movie is? People are yelling it as they listen. They are. I know. They're hooting. They're hooting and hollering. They're hooting and hollering, Chris. I love Kristen Stewart. Um, Mackenzie oh, Davis might not love you and Kristen Stewart. This. I guess not. Um, <laughs> it's not like Personal Shopper. It's not. Oh, it's um, it's Happiest Season. Happiest Fuck. Season. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, second one: Gina Gershon and Jennifer Tilly. Bound. Third one for the points, Annette Benning and Kristen Chenoweth. What? What? Annette Benning and Kristen Chenoweth. Is this It can only be the women. Is that your guess? That's my guess. It is not. Chris, we did this movie. It is running with scissors. Oh my oh, god, fuck. that's true. You oh shit. You didn't I'm sorry, Christine. Christina. Honestly, I was I was supposed to give Christina no, the chance have to, it. to... No, it's okay. okay I didn't okay. have it. I fully forgot. But... All right. Well, wow, Christina gets honestly. the three points anyway. Woo. You guys, Chris currently has 18. Christina has 17. There are five questions that remain. Mm-hmm. Christina, what do you bid? I'm bidding three. Three. Chris? I'm getting a challenge. All right, Christina, for three, you're going to start with... Patricia Charbonneau and Helen Shaver. Desert Hearts. <laughs> Desert Hearts, correct. Oh, uh, yeah. Next one, Asha Davis and Adapero Oduye. Ruh, row. Yeah, I got, I got nothing. <laughs> it's a blank. Nothing? All right. It's nothing. Chris, you're going to get the three points. Can you get the fourth with your answer? What about Pariah? What about Pariah? Four points for Chris. We have three left. I think Chris has it locked up, so we just have three for... I'm going to give Christine the chance to to get the three, because even if Chris... three points. 
Yeah, just to make it close. Uh, all, right, all right, so the final three for Christina are Adina Menzel and Tracy Toms. That would be the Rent film. That would be the Rent film. Kim Min-hee and Kim, Kai- Kim Tyree. That would be The Handmaiden. The Handmaiden. Good and night. finally, Vanessa Kirby and Catherine Waterston. Vanessa Kirby and who? Catherine Waterston. I will say it was a gala at the same, wasn't it? No, no it wasn't. No, it was it from was the at... same year as Ammonite. And uh, it was on that screenshot that I sent out that I said, Harold, there's, they're lesbians. It was the third of the recommended oh, films that Hulu recommended me. Oh, oh, yes. Um... Not the the time the the world is to come. The world to come. Vanessa yes. Kirby come. and Catherine Waterston. All right. I it was the time. That was a marathon, <laughs> but I'm so proud of you guys for getting some of the ones that you got there. So sweating. Good job on uh, Harold. They're lesbians. Well done. I loved that game. Thank you guys. Oof. All right. What else do we want to say, Chris? We talked about Francis Lee. The pairing of Sersha and Kate Winslet is fun because I believe Sersha broke Kate Winslet's os- Oscar record for most, most Oscar nominations, nominations by a certain age, or like thirty yeah. or something. Uh, so that's fun. Fastest to yeah, fastest, fastest to four to nominations, nominations or, something. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think that's right. Kate Winslet. Um, that's true. Yeah. Okay, Sersha Ronan. I was just. This is exactly not going to be this year because Foe is currently in theaters with a shockingly low Rotten Tomato score. Rotten Tomatoes. I need to see this movie, but when a movie, I need to see what people hate so much about this movie. Like it's making me so much more. I just don't get it. Like I'm like, what? What do you mean? You know, what could be so bad about Saoirse Ronan and Paul Mescal in a movie? Like I don't understand. It just has to be that it's not awful. Like it's not an awful movie, but it's just universally. It's got to be very boring, right? Very good. Yeah. But I gotta see it. It has now. a worse Rotten Another... Tomato score than The Exorcist right now. Like, what? Oh, Chris's choice for worst movie of all time. So, like, how can it be <laughs> worse David than the worst touches. movie of all time? So, yeah, okay. It's so, it's gonna get yeah. the same vibe as this one did, where people are gonna be like, this should have been good, but it, it's kind of like people are gonna be like, Ugh, on it, which is sad. Yeah. So, Greta's got Barbie. Greta Gerwig's got Barbie this year. She's parlaying that they want her they're throwing every kind of like bambi or like every every That's sarah polly sarah polly's uh, unfortunately bambi. yes but no but i think they 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 were uh, she's doing the narnia thing for netflix ugh. right greta right so when greta <laughs> goes back to making a terrestrial movie again <laughs> I wonder if that's maybe Sersha's avenue for getting her Oscar is when she reunites with Greta after a time apart. She has the Steve McQueen movie next year that I will be very excited to see. Oh, yeah. That could be something. Um, It could be. It's also a World War II movie, so we know that's right up the Oscars. The Blitz, right? It's called The Blitz? Yes. Yeah. Or Blitz. Just Blitz. It's, it's cooler. Sersha <laughs> Ronan in Blitz. It's about yeah. ballroom Blitz. The song. Blitz the musical. Yeah. Um, no, I I think, I mean, clearly Oscar voters love her. 
I think they love sort of her, like, I don't think it's any, I don't, I don't think there's any, like, box that they even, like, require her to be in, which I think is kind of cool. Like, they can, she can be nominated for Little Women or Lady Bird or Brooklyn, which are all, like, sort of, you can find the similarities there, but, like, there are differences in approach and tone of those projects that I feel like it's not like they need her to be, like, damsel in distress, or they need her to be, like, you know, action girl or something like that, so... Although if she'd been nominated for Hannah, Action Girl would have worked for her. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited to see. I'm, I'm. She's young enough where I'm not like fretting over like, oh God, is it ever going to happen for poor Sersha? Like I am for, I don't know why this is the year I've decided to get sad for Mark Ruffalo where it's like, God, he might get nominated again and he's not going to win. So it's going to be like, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of nominations for Mark for never. It'll be his fourth, right? Uh, yes. Yes. Foxcatcher kids are all right. Amy Adams. I feel like our last, you know, our last stand could potentially be with Night Bitch next year. Which Amy, I, yeah, I, I, ha- I hate that it could that could be true, but like, I don't. You know. don't think Amy's gonna come back at like age eighty with a Gloria Stewart style like late I, in life I would Oscar? Love it. I would love it. I, I mean, like, I want better for Amy Adams than Disenchanted. I will just say that. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I, want I will than the say, woman in the window, Disenchanted was better than I thought it was going to be. When I eventually wound up seeing it, like, I was, I was, I was like, oh, this is weirder than I. Th- that was it. What is it? It was weirder than I thought it was going to be. Okay, I, think I think it was, was weirder than it weird. needed to be. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't that bad. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 optimistic for Sersha, which is like she's not yet reached the crisis point, which is good because, um, I don't know, it's getting it is getting a little sweaty with with Amy, unfortunately. The ebbs Amy's and Glenn flows, closing, which is hard to watch. She's Glenn closing. You don't want to be Glenn closing at any it's point. Hard in to your see life. that. It's hard. It's hard to watch. It's true. I'm I finally watched about Kate Winslet. What will bring her back to another mm, Oscar nomination? Because yeah. we know that it will eventually happen again. Last one was for Steve Jobs. She's Lee so did good. not go well, so it's not that. What didn't go well? Lee. Lee. Oh God. No. no. Lee. The 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 forgotten. Uh, uh, I mean, is it not Avatar Way of Water? Do we not think? Oh, well, sure, 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 sure. Uh, she did Avatar Way of Water, and then there's Ammonite the Gay of Water. Um, <laughs> oh, no. oh, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, I the, love it, though. Uh, the tearful monologue about the fallen uh, Pandora whale. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk about it. Is classic. It's yeah, just one of those things that's so, so earnest that, like, it's a tragic scene that you're like emotional, but then the things that are coming out of her mouth are so absurd. And she gives it her full commitment as an actress of like, she waited many birth cycles to have a baby. She was a, what, a composer, composer of, of songs. songs. <laughs> Is that the next drag race spoken word lip sync for your life? Is yes, absolutely. But they God, have to yes. do it in a water tank. At the same yeah, they time. have to do it. They have to get James Cameron to be the guest judge, and he has to put them in all of the mocap and get them. I want a full dropped in experience from these queens. <laughs> hey, James Cameron. Hey, Rue. Welcome to my abyss. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <not that bad. laughs> um, oh man. All right. So, yeah, Anything? We'll what? See. What else? What else? The closing thoughts on Ammonite. Wait, I gotta. I gotta bust out my. Uh, my notes. Yeah. I'm sure I wrote down something. Did, did I draw cheeky and strange? Oh, like, James McArdle calls uh, Mary Ammonite the presiding deity of lime. That feels like a backhanded compliment, right? Like hugely backhanded compliment. Yes. <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh, he also mentions the ge- the 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 old boys back at the Geographical Society. I'm like, are those boys at the Geographical Society still uh, making trouble that they did for what's his face in Lost City of Zed? Like, <laughs> that's that yes. we've not that old boys club again. Um, Just a bunch uh, of dudes with handlebar mash. A handlebar mustache is sitting around a map. James McArdle also orders dinner for his wife at one point for Charlotte, and he orders plain white plain fish. Plain white fish. Plain white no fish sauce. baked no sauce. I'm a like, you're a plain white cod. fish baked no sauce. Like, Jesus Ugh. Christ, man. That may be Awful. really quite sad. And you know it's bone in. She's going to just be deboning some uh, sad all day. fish with no, all day. Taste, with no flavor to be found. Oh, I was so sad. And I don't think she's even spoken by the time that he's ordered her plain white fish. I Honestly, no. She she's been spoken for, and that's yeah. that, that has been She's kind of drifted plain... in the back of, like, a frame, and just kind of, like, almost <laughs> like she's about to pass out, but then, like, oh, she's got it. Until Many ways I am out. a plain white fish. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I did that lady apparently. When I had a small chuckle when she tumbled in the ocean waves and almost got knocked into the changing stand bathroom zone that she was, I was like, girl, this is, come on. Yeah. Oh, use, your, use your legs, stand up a little bit. Like, come on. <laughs> use use your legs, you can do it. Um, she actually, I, I reading up a little bit on her, she be, went on to become a geologist of her own. So clearly, uh, inspired by, uh, by Mary's example. And mm. you know how, like, sometimes that, like, couples inherit characteristics from one another. Do you think that was just like, she just like by osmosis got like geologists from from mary from like being with her like that's nice that's kind of romantic she sat on her face and she's like now i have a master's degree and now i know about not how you get master's degrees (laughs) (laughs) well depends on the please don't tell me if that's not how it happens because (laughs) i don't want to have to return any of them (laughs) i love all my degrees where you can't you can't see this because you're listening on a podcast, but behind Christina is just a wall of degrees. Like it's kind of amazing. They're all framed. Gross, it's like gross. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh anything else before we move on to the IMDB game? The scene where you think that they're going to have a Nicole Kidman in birth moment of Kate Winslet just stone faced reacting to being uh in the presence of music. <laughs> right. Uh also I think people dogged it for being like that's just like the ending of Portrait of a Lady on Fire, but it's just, you know, feels a little tropey. Francis sure. Lee, have you seen Birth? We presume you have. Also, and I mean it does you mentioned Carol, it does end on that's a knowing true. glance between yeah, two lovers. It's a knowing so. glance. Uh Christina, last thoughts on Ammonite. It's currently streaming on Hulu. Do you recommend sure our is. listeners go check it out? Look, it's not a bad movie. It is a little slow 
at times. But like, uh-huh. I don't know if you're it's getting chilly out. If you want to feel, you know, ocean chilly instead of unless you're on the ocean, in which case, shut up. But like, if you want to <laughs> kind of just breeze in and out of this t- seaside town and see Sersha sit on Kate's face, like that's what's going to happen in this movie. So you'll get exactly what is advertised. So why yeah, not put your eyes on it. I love it. All right. Uh, Chris, why don't you explain to everyone what the IMDb game is? So every week we end our episodes with the IMDb game where we challenge each other with an actor or actress to try to guess the top four titles that IMDb says they are most known for. If any of those titles are television, voice-only performances, or non-acting credits, we'll mention that up front. After two wrong guesses, we get the remaining titles release years as a clue, and if that's not enough, it'll just become a free-for-all of hints. All right, Christina, this is your third time with us. You've mm-hmm. done the IMDb game before. Would you like to give a clue first, guess first, and then uh, in which direction should this round robin go? I always forget how many, how much power I hold in the IMDb game. It's a lot of power. <laughs> Oof, I'm getting, I'm getting high on it. Um, <laughs> I will guess first. All right. Yes. Would you like to guess from me or from Chris? I can't remember who I guessed from last time, so I pick Joe. All right. So I actually chose uh, somebody who was nominated, who was nominated for Best Actress in this year, this COVID year of 2020, Mm. uh, Vanessa Kirby, who we've not done before. There is one television show for Vanessa Kirby. That would have to be The Crown. It is The Crown. Our young Princess Margaret from The Crown. Gorgeous. Okay. Um, I feel like it's too early for Dead Reckoning to be involved in her lifestyle. And by lifestyle, I mean IMTV. Um, Known for, yes, it's a lifestyle, yes. It's a lifestyle. It's it's, it's kind of a way of life for some. It counts. Uh, so it counts. I have to assume Mission Impossible Fallout is also in there. Mission Impossible Fallout is correct, okay. yes. Okay. Two more. Now, now <laughs> things could get tricky. Um. Okay. God, she really, she's really fresh to the scene in a lot of ways, that Vanessa. Um, is Pieces of a Woman in there? Pieces of a Woman, you are three for three. Okay, but now I'm kind of like, am I out of movies? <laughs> for <laughs> Vanessa Kirby. <laughs> because um, what else could be in there? Can I just be bold and guess that that one I literally just guessed for the gay movie is on there? What is it, it called? The world that we come around in? The world to come? The world, world to come world is to correct. Come? You have gone four for four. You have what? got it. In the- <laughs> yes. I think you're our first guest with a perfect score. <laughs> perfect score, Christina Tucker. Give it That's up, me. listeners. That's listeners, so get loud. Get excited. Get excited yeah. for Christina. That's awesome. Like That's J-Lo fantastic. at the inauguration and get loud. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get loud, everybody. <laughs> All right. Well done. Oh, my God. I'm so happy for you. That's fantastic. Really ex- Dumb luck. Woo-hoo. Yes. You nailed it. All right. Um, uh, so you are now giving to Chris. I am giving to Chris. Okay. So I was scanning through all the actors in this film, and I was like, there's not a ton of actors in this movie. And if you guys haven't done them, they've also just been trapped in Harry Potter land for so long that they're not yes. very interesting. <laughs> so then I was thinking about, well, I did turn on the West Wing pretty much immediately when I was done with this film. And what of, <laughs> what of Martin Sheen? 
What oh. of Martin Sheen? What of and Martin Sheen? And I'll tell Sheen? you this: Wait, I, there's no TV. Oh, Christina, so I was no West Wing. I was perusing no your uh, your Letterboxd reviews yesterday, mm-hmm. and your review for The Departed, which is just like, just imagine you're on the train on the on the subway, and you turn to your left, and it's just Martin Sheen. If I had ever, in my almost ten years of living in Boston, simply popped on the red line at South Station and saw Martin Sheen, I would have literally passed out and died. <laughs> Um, okay, Martin Sheen, uh, who I believe has no Oscar nominations. Um, Apocalypse Now. Yes. Okay. The American President. No. Interesting. I thought so, too. The Departed. Yes. Okay. The Departed, but not the American President. What are we doing here? What are we doing? No West Wing, too. Um, Yeah, no TV. I feel like these are, after Apocalypse Now, my guess is they're going to all be fairly recent. But what else has he done? Was he in Bobby? He's in Bobby. I'm going to guess Bobby. You are incorrect. Your years are 1973 and 2010. Okay, so 1973 is before Apocalypse Now. Yes. Yes. He's not in... Is he in The Godfather? Is that even the right year? I didn't not think the right so. year. Not the right you year. threaded the needle in between the two Godfather. So, okay, so it's between Godfathers. What movies are that year? This is a movie. I can say that. (laughs) Directed by somebody who's gotten Mm -hmm. Oscar nominations in the last, in this century. Oh, is this the, the Ridley Scott movie, The Duelists? It no, not Ridley not. Scott. Okay. It's not Ridley Scott. Gotten Oscar um, nominations in the past decade, you said? In this century. I think his <laughs> latest century. was like 12 or so years ago. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of another good clue for this. Uh... Is Martin Sheen even in that Ridley Scott movie I just said? Um... Start opposite an actress who would win... Mm an Oscar several years later. True. Okay. It's maybe her, it's her big breakthrough movie. I feel like, I right? I think that's, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Is, and she's like the headliner of this movie. The two of them together. It's two a two hander, I'd say. Yeah. Why can't I it's recall? It's a very good it movie. I love he this looks, movie. He looks incredible. <laughs> Gotta give it up for him. Yeah, he does. He's like, yeah, he's a hottie. He's really giving. Movie. He's giving. Yes. Yes. Is it a romance? Or is yeah, it like an but action? Yes. It's a I, romance of a of a type. Else? Yeah. A romance of a type. Romance can look like anything, and I think it's important that we <laughs> What the hell important. is this movie? Uh Romance of a this filmmaker definitely works more often than he used to. He was yeah. 
took a Oh, it's Terrence Malick, it's Badlands. Duh. It is Badlands. Yes. Yes, it is Badlands. Now buckle your safety is... belt, Chris, because this next one. <laughs> I I have to be honest with you, not sure this one movie exists. It is in 2010, and it is the reason I picked this, because I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is this movie? Um, this isn't some, like, secret Republican movie, is it? It's not like... No. I don't think so. Not secret Republican. I don't think Martin Sheen would do a secret Republican movie for as I much as so. actors it's in Hollywood easy. will do anything, but he's like particularly like no. lefty lefty. Um, uh, it's a it's a family affair. Yes, it's a oh, family so it's affair. An Amelia. Is it the way? It is How the did way. you pull that? I How would not have been able to pull that. Yes. <laughs> He's like walking with like his son's ashes or something in the movie. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. A father heads overseas to recover the body of his estranged son who died while traveling the El Camino de Santiago and decides to take the pilgrimage himself. So I it's the like the fastball hey. song is in there no less than 12 times. It's it's wild crossed with that Richard Linkletter movie. It's wild for bros. What's the Richard Linkletter movie with the uh, the uh, people coming to bury their uh, their soldier friend? The one you know oh, what I mean. Last the one flag that, flying. Yeah, oh, it's it's one. it's last flag flying meets wild is essentially that what is a like. that movie's title is a tongue twister that wants me to say a slur. It sure does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It sure does. Yes. All right. Yeah, this is all a right movie. then. Sure is. <laughs> Joe, for you, (laughs) I went into the Mayor of Easttown cast, Mm. which, uh, on top of having Kate Winslet and James McArdle, also Mm -hmm. has the very great Gene Smart. Very great. There is Uh. one television show. Sure. Okay. Oh, now this could be tricky because there's one... Sort of obvious television show, but then there are more recent television shows. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say Designing Women. Incorrect. Incorrect. <laughs> Should be Designing Women. Yeah, and this, the thing I, is, she's plot. she's won Emmys for so many different TV shows. I'm going to put a pin in TV shows. Okay. Film-wise. Oh, I want it to be Babylon. Garden State. Garden State is correct. <laughs> I knew it would be <laughs> something crazy like that. Okay. Yeah, this um, is one, I feel. I'm sh- I, I, yeah, hers is very weird. Very, very Babylon. weird. Babylon. Babylon is correct. Okay. Garden State, Babylon, Huckabees? Incorrect. No Huckabees. Uh, You're the Hitler for saying that to me, uh, <laughs> Chris. <laughs> How do we do TV shows? Because we usually go for. How do? Yeah. Do I give just me the say year, the, the first year? Give me the first year that they give you. Oh six. Okay, twenty four. No, wait, 24. no, 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 no. Yes, it's that was her it's first 24. year. Tw- that was her yeah. first year on twenty four. Okay. The I was gonna say I thought it was gonna be one of those ones where she was like a guest star and won a and won an Emmy. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, your movie year is long. like a season yeah. and a half. I think. Yeah, twenty five yeah. apps. Uh, Chris, what is the movie year? Uh, 2016. Huh. Gene Smart 2016. All right. I 
I memory hold this movie, tell you what. <laughs> this is definitely a movie that I've conflated with a bunch of other movies starring this actor. So it's not a, a, an older lady and her circle of friends find fulfillment I don't think Jean Smart's done any of those. She should, though. She'd be great She'd be at great it. great at it. Get Blythe on the horn. <laughs> yes, seriously. Oh. Um, so you said that it's, it's, a, it's a movie with a male star. Yes. That has a lot of movies that are sort of like this movie. Maybe not a lot, but they enough of them to blur together. Is it an action Five film? Stars. Yeah, yeah. Action thriller. Is it like a Gerard Butler action thriller? No, but if Gerard Butler had been in this, you'd believe it. Uh, Is it a Liam Neeson action thriller? No. Younger. Jason Statham action thriller? Mm, More Mm. respectability. An actor who also directs. Yes. An actor who also directs. Vin Diesel. No, he doesn't. He just shadow produces. Um... But did not direct that movie, but he does direct. Um, action director. It's like spy action. Yeah, it's like. I have not seen this movie. Me neither. <laughs> crappy highbrow, is that what you said? Yeah, it's crappy yeah, highbrow. I think it's crappy highbrow. It's a little bit. Oh, than okay. But. I don't, crappy again, highbrow. Uh, English or or American. UK American. American American not American. an American director though I believe this director is Australian so an Australian oh but the director is not the is is not the action star okay um Affleck yes is your star right he's a star Let he's your star. <laughs> is it like the accountant it's the accountant it is the never accountant. seen it. I've never seen it. It's in he plays an accountant. Isn't that the one? Isn't that the one where like he's Asperger's it's, syndrome? It's, he has Asperger's syndrome, and Anna Kendrick is the only one who understands him, or something like that. Is something... Anna Kendrick is second build? It's a lot mm-hmm. of images of him with a rifle. So, but isn't sure. it like yeah. he has some sort of like neuroatypical? He's a math savant, so I guess yeah. Kind of okay. Okay. Have never seen that. Yeah. No. It's very strange. Believe it or not, there were some people who decided to declare that movie problematic back in 2016. I know that will surprise you. Um, Shocked. Shocked. Um, All right. That's a weird... I wonder who Jean Smart plays in that. What if she's her same character from Babylon and she just gives him the same speech (laughs) about how... That's what got her cast in Babylon. Accountants are on the way out, but you will live forever in your accounting. And... I mean, that would be great. (laughs) That'd be great for accountants. I would love that. All right. Uh, Christina Tucker, once again, we cannot thank you enough for uh, traveling to... Across the pond, all the way to England, to talk about chili fossils and <laughs> hot lesbian romance. I am so glad uh, that my husband back paid you guys to hang out with me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and now I'm going to oh. go back to lying on my bed and staring at a moth I've trapped in a glass. Wait, you said as, as soon as you finished the movie, you went and immediately watched a West Wing episode. Which episode was it? Which episode? Uh, I'm getting, I'm getting, it's, I'm at end of season four, so I'm getting to the point where I'm like, am I going to keep watching the West Wing? Probably not. Yeah. I don't yeah. care so much anymore. Rounding the um, corner to season five is a rough one. It's a rough transition. 
Yeah. It's been my life. It's just like it's good background when I'm like watercoloring because I don't really have to look at sure. it because I know what's happening. But even the end, I'm like, well, this isn't good enough to like even listen to. Really. Even isn't that <laughs> even as you're like rounding the corner into like late season four, there's stuff like, oh, we're just going to like go to CJ's hometown for a bit. You know what I mean? Or yeah, like she's going to fuck Matthew Modine for a reason. She's going to stick him on an airplane for a while and they can't land. And it's like, okay, <laughs> like, sure. Why not? Yeah. Zoe um, just got kidnapped. So I'm kind of like, yeah, that's how, you know, that's the things yeah. are getting bad. Once Did, Diggs wasn't Tay Diggs like her secret service agent for that <laughs> exactly. episode where they're like, Hey, exactly. we're going to give you Tay Diggs for an episode. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. It was up. a whole mess of things happening. Chris, you wouldn't believe it. Yeah. Um, all right, Christina, thank you so, so much. Um, thank you. where can you, uh, where would you like to direct our listeners to, uh, find more of you, find fun things that you've written? Where, what can, what can we do? You can find me on Twitter slash X, I guess. Shut up. I'm oh. naming that website. <laughs> we have I never called it X on this show. <laughs> no one does because it's dumb. But I'm it's still dumb. occasionally tweeting mostly about this current season of The Morning Show, which I am also writing unhinged reviews for that uh, on a I still need to. I have like a. Cocaine. <laughs> I have a I have, I have a season and a half uh, to catch up on. And once I do, I am beelining to read your thoughts on, Joe, I on this show. I can't urge you enough to watch what they have decided to do in this season is just it's unlike anything. Reese Every, everything I space, hear, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One. Reese, yes, I've heard that Reese goes to space. I heard that they flashed back to an entire this is what happened on January 6th mm-hmm. episode. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Which she Reese is present been, for, right? Yeah, she's been in space and she was also in the insurrection, of course. It sounds like it would scratch a lot of the itches that the good fight would scratch for me, except the good fight, I was always like, this show rules. And every time I see people talking about the morning show, they don't quite say that, but it still feels no. like essential viewing of that no. regard. We, I have actually been watching my show and my friend, the all of the good fight. And the good fight is like perfect insanity. And this is yes. deeply deranged and unwell insanity. Also and works I'm for me. Just all dark right. memories and such. But it's good. And, it's perfect. And I think I talked over you saying the name of your uh, your Substack for that. It so is your chaos is the new cocaine because, of course, <laughs> one of the greatest quotes from the first season ever said. Thank you, Billy really Crudup. Fun. Richly deserved. Uh, that's a Crudup quote from that show, right? It yeah, is. yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah, yeah. Richly deserved that Emmy Award. All right. Um, thank you so much, Christina. Once again, I love listeners. You both. That is our episode. If you want more of This Head Oscar Buzz, you can check out the Tumblr at thisheadoscarbuzz.tumblr.com. You should also follow our Twitter account at had underscore Oscar underscore buzz. You should also sign up for our Patreon at patreon.com slash thisheadoscarbuzz. Uh, Christina, this is your chance to talk about how much you love listening to This Head Oscar Buzz on Patreon. Just kidding. Um, Chris, where yeah. can the listeners find more of you? Twitter and letterbox at Chris V File. That's F E I L. I am on Twitter slash X. Christina's <laughs> guilting me into saying it. Christina's making me call it X. She's she's I am. Uh, mm-hmm. she, she's saying Mr. Musk requires that we all call it X. <laughs> I'm on it's his weird. Table. It's X weird that you keep calling like him Mr. Musk. When there's like a new diet cola that they want to like sound cool. It's very because, like, new diet when cola. It's like diet yep. Pepsi is not cool, so we have to have Pepsi One. Yeah. Can we talk about how there's a new lemon lime soda that looks like 
that looks like you uh, like it's from a movie where they couldn't just say sprite so that they have like it's it just like Sierra it's, Mist, right? It's replace Sierra Mist, but it's called like Sploosh or something like that. Ew. It's like it's 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 Ew. not exactly that, but it's like it sounds fake. The whole Bring thing sounds surge. fake. Bring back Slice. It's Remember Slice? Starry. Slice still exists. Delicious. Starry. Yeah, Starry. Okay, so Starry sounds fake, right? It sounds like... Starry sounds like fake. a party drug. It sounds like something That's that like J.J. Abrams would have put in. It sounds like a party drug. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like yeah, Katie's yeah, totally. here, she brought some Starry. Oh my god, did you bring the Starry? Oh, fantastic. Uh, how are we going to get time... the club rave without the Starry? <laughs> <laughs> We should, all right, somebody needs to do a Substack or a podcast or whatever on all the movies that were made when rave culture was the thing. And like, like Go is obviously the best one, but like so many movies just had like a plot or a scene or whatever where people are just like, people are going to a rave because people were very, very concerned about raves. It was, yeah. It It made me think clubs were going to be cooler than they were and they are. I know. I know. It's all such a disappointment, right? Yep. All right. We would like to thank Kyle Cummings for his fantastic artwork, Dave Gonzalez and Gavin Mevius for their technical guidance, Taylor Cole for our theme song. Please remember to rate, like, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever else you get podcasts. A five-star review in particular really helps us out with Apple Podcasts visibility. So make sure you clean those tools before you get to any kissing and then write us a nice review. That's all for this week, but we hope you'll be back next week for more buzz. I was trying to think of someone to thank for bringing the starry, and I couldn't. <laughs> Didn't get there. Thanks, Cassandra, for bringing the starry. Um, I don't know. It just sounds like somebody who would have the starry. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.